is episode 55. I am your host, Justin White. Uh, my guest today is a new friend, uh, someone I had never met prior to this conversation, and um, in fact, someone who contacted me about being on the show, which I thought was pretty cool. He is the first to have done that through his uh, partner and pal and publicist, Melissa, and uh, asked to be a guest. And I said yes, because he seemed like a really nice guy. And it turns out he is. Um, and also because I saw a bit of his work, um, he's a photographer, and uh, I saw enough of his work to want to know more about him as a person. So um, we made it happen. And uh, we it was a remote interview, so... Um, I used some computer software to record it, and um, it's not the best sound. I thought it would be better. It was better when I tested it, um, but my mom told me to stop making disclaimers. So uh, anyway, the sound is what it is. You can hear us both clearly, I think. There are a couple little overlaps with the, the delay, the digital delay, <clears throat> but it's nothing too distracting. Excuse me. And what else? So I'll tell you all about um, his work. His name, by the way, is Rob Lundberg. I haven't even said it yet. And um, I'll tell you all about his stuff at the end and how to look at his stuff, his work, how to get in touch with him and such. And what else? Well, I discovered the meaning of life this week. That's That was pretty exciting. Um, I had a fairly rough week and uh, stuff was happening that I wasn't liking and I was pushing against it and then I decided to not push so much and then I was just passing through my bathroom to get something and was hit with this little epiphany that um, it's not so much the meaning of life as it is the goal of life as I see it which is um, to be less selfish I think that's it I think we start out as little babies super duper selfish we um, gain some autonomy and we experience what that feels like and what it's, you know, what being independent is like. And um, then I think we, once we've done that and once we've had our needs met and are able to continue having our needs met, then we start to give back. And um, I think if you continue to do that and give back, uh, again and again and again, become less and less selfish, more selfless, then eventually you become reunited with the whole because you have no need for identifying with the self quite so much. And therein lies the meaning of life, as I see it. Because, you know, it all wraps up, you take your last breath, zip, zap, zoom, you're back into the ball of light. So cool. Um, so yeah, let's listen to uh, four seconds of rain followed by six seconds of hail, and then we'll talk to Rob Lundberg. The concept really is just, um, <clears throat> you know, performers, like live performers. And I love to capture either prior or, or post performance of the try to capture their humanity and just their rawness of instead of just the the performer you see on stage you know you, i try to 
uh, break down the wall, the barrier of uh, performer and um, uh, the person themselves. So I really just try to capture them when they're most relaxed or just uh, hanging out prior or post show. And right. um, yeah, just, I, I don't try to do too much and they, they dig it. They dig, they dig the concept, but I, I find it fascinating the transformation, no matter musician um, or comedian or uh, on stage performer um, from just the person backstage to the, the performer on stage. Um, right. And I try to capture that with the, the lens, just the, the, the really breaking them down into just uh, um, the human side of things. Um, compared do you to have any, do you have like a certain approach that you take to do that? Or do you just kind of, how do you, uh, how do you achieve that? How do you get the, well, I, I uh, relax in front of you or, or do you? Uh, no, I don't, I don't really have uh well, I, I just be, I'm just myself basically, you know, uh, I, uh, I generally just carry a camera, no external lighting, uh, no setup. I don't try to interject myself into asking them to pose. I'm just right. like, um, um, just, just, be, just do, uh, your normal things. I'm just a, a fly on the wall and, uh, I won't intrude into that moment. I right. just try to pick up, uh, these unique expressions, um, naturally or in that, that, that moment of the spur of the moment. So it's just like more free form and, uh, just more kind of like uh, I take the approach of a street photographer, you know? Um, right. I was going to compare the two, like you're trying to be unobtrusive and sort of unseen, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, comparatively to, uh, where I, I don't find, uh, you know, where I find it harder for myself is, uh, you know, asking somebody to pose or like just position somebody in certain poses or, you know, that's that's yeah. kind of my weakness and you can tell when in certain photographs where um um performers are uh in attempts to do s said things that it, it doesn't really come natural the real bread and butter for me and where my voice and interests lie are where capturing their uh like intimate portraits of uh these performers and right. really getting into the core of their selves um, That's cool. That would be my angle too. I I don't I can't do post portraits. I mean I, I don't. It's hard to be the subject of one or to be the photographer. Totally. Uh, I mean, some people are amazing at it. I don't know how they know to, to have you tilt your head a quarter of an inch this one way, but I guess just from doing it a million times. Yeah. Uh, but for me, it feels weird. It feels it feels stiff. Um, so yeah, candid is always the way. And it's funny when you like you a lot of times you pull up a camera and people can't help but jump into a pose immediately. You know, they just pull out their their pre-made smile or whatever. Um, but it's so it's extra. It, I think it takes some extra talent to catch them right at that moment where they're not. Yeah, I, I think that's where the, the craft comes into it. It's. Uh, it's it's being supernatural, but not random. You know, really understanding, using, using, understanding how to use naturalness and candidness to compose uh, something that looked so easy to compose. You know, um, right. 
and I think it's it, it's it's a there's a lot of elements at play, you know, and and it's up to the photographer to really understand all the the components in that one split second and try to capture uh, and make and and create an image. But um, for me, I, I do love shooting in dark light and, and I love deep shadows, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really nice. I mean, it's a it's definitely a a style, a recognizable style. Uh, looking at your your body of work over, I mean, a relatively short time for, uh, right? I mean, you're, yeah, you're pretty it, new to photography. Yeah, uh, like uh, taking it really seriously. Like, uh, basically, it's been like probably about a year and a half, or maybe a bit more, but where I've been totally focused on uh, the craft. Um, I've kind of dropped aside my my freelance practice with uh, design. Um, and really focused on my craft and, and photography, but yeah, it's like a year and a half. It's but that it's kind of like a universal thing. It's so natural. Um, I had my first showing of any photographic work October two thousand seventeen at the Clio Art Fair in Chelsea, New York, which was it was cool. Um, nice. You know, first showing in Chelsea that was that was huge for me. Yeah, and uh, and then I had my first. Uh, uncontaminated sound show last year at Bar Barry Electric where I had um three bands I shot play and I had uh photos immersed in the experience as well and um I'm set to uh have a, a second uncontaminated sound show uh August 9th at Arlene's Grocery in the Lower East Side um where I'm, I'm also gonna have uh maybe three or four bands play have my photos and then also have a new elements of maybe um, maybe some projection stuff as well. So oh, uh, things are super like it's just so natural, and I, I guess you you could say it's just like the universe saying uh, this is your thing. <laughs> but, that's that's how it feels to you. It just called called out to you and fits fits nicely. Yeah, yeah. It's like I never planned this out. Like the initial plan was like to really focus on design work in New York finds like companies or you know studios in new york for design and then uh you know i met the like i said I, I met these guys and uh they lent me a camera and i was off and running from there you know um was that really the first time you'd had a camera and sort of set out to take well, i mean like a decent dslr or like a decent camera i mean yeah. I've, I've had and played around with uh, a lot of uh point and shoots and maybe hand me down kind of like um yeah yeah more point and shoot stuff but um were you it, surprised when you saw the like the images when you first started shooting like were you just blown away by the what you could do with a camera these uh, days i'm no i'm su super critical i'm like i can improve here 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 i can okay. adjust the contrast i don't like the color or I didn't get the shot, you know, it's like, so I'm, I'm always trying to improve. Um, I, I'm very super critical and analytical in my images. Um, okay. So I'm, I, I don't know. I, I was like, like I never even life. thought of it. Like I, I never thought of like that. I was just, um, it was just so natural just to wander to the city and take photos of like, say shadows or people in the streets or, you know, and try to, compose stories from that and then it was the elements of um meeting melissa who had the outside of uh, uh perspective of saying these are great images 
and she pushed and advocated for me to, you know, be a contributor for Pace Magazine, now yeah. currently Vents Magazine, which is a Spanish-based digital publication. Um, so, I mean, I, I never thought of anything like that. It was just, it was so natural. And I loved doing it. And then having this outside perspective and somebody who believed in um, my, my work has kind of fueled uh, the progression. Yeah, that's a nice little little fire, some fuel for the fire. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to ask if, when you say you're hypercritical of your work, or or you say you're super critical, are you are you that way about other things in life, and are you just critical of yourself in general? Uh good question. Um, <laughs> I mean, I am. So yeah. I'm. I'm I, yeah, I guess so. Like, like I always want to just like try to do the best I can. And, you know, if I'm not like satisfied with like an outcome, like I love to paint too and, or write. And, um, I just love to create. And if I'm not like, like I, I have sometimes a specific vision and then if it doesn't completely transgress into the, the artifact that I wanted to, that had the envision, it was like, ah, what did I do wrong or what can I improve? I always just, constantly want to improve myself and my work and my, my creativity and push myself. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm always like questioning, is this good? You know? So it's like, I think it's just like my inquisitive mind that one and, and, and progressive mind that I, I just want to better myself. And so I'm always questioning if this is good enough. Um, maybe not the self doubt. Uh, I, uh, the self doubt is still there. It's like, wow is this really happening? All this like kind of attention, like all this press and stuff. Um, that that's always there, but then it's like, how can I push this further? You know? (laughs) Um, so it's like, how, how do I get better, um, at things? Do you apply that same principle to your psychology? Do you like, are you trying to better every aspect of your being or is it? Oh yeah, no, totally. No, no, no. I've, I've, gone through uh you know my shit uh you know um you know i've i've battled uh and probably still have to battle with like depression you know i've always had to struggle with that uh my mother's uh you know uh was bipolar and i just um i've always had to struggle with depression and you know throughout school and all that and um it's been taking time and years of working on it with uh certain types of therapy i found dance therapy was amazing oh really that's yeah. cool it's amazing yeah um what kind of dance well it's just movement-based therapy so basically you go into a session instead of just talking like a, a psychotherapist you you kind of like maybe do a five minute like how's your week been and then you get into um certain you know soundtracks that you just start moving freely wherever your soul or your being is uh, moving to, you just go, you flow with it. And after like a 45 minute session, you feel great because uh, it's a, it's a different way to express yourself comparatively to just a traditional talk uh, therapy. Uh, I think when you say there's a soundtrack. What is it? The, the therapist puts on music or something? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like a Spotify okay. kind of like mellow beats or African beats or, uh, okay. You know, something that that really attracts, well, um, generally after a few sessions, she'll know, you know, have a specific soundtrack for you. Um, right. And then, 
you just uh, she puts that on and you move whatever wherever your energy is flowing that day say if it's like angst and you need to get it out you're more active and uh, more expressive in your movements right um and it, it's it's a beautiful way to express yourself um how um how inhibited were you the first couple of sessions um was it difficult to get into the like to really let yourself go no actually she she's like you're 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 you have a natural language in dance and i'm like yeah i just uh, i love dancing too you know and, and music so um it was just so natural to me and it's it, uh yeah so it it wasn't it wasn't weird to me it was just like this is what i was looking for and comparatively to just a the wall of talk therapy it was like i'm a creative and this is a different approach to healing as well. So, right. Um, and what is the therapist doing while you're moving around? Well, initially, um, sometimes she starts starts off moving with you, maybe mm -hmm. mimicking your movements. But then, after a few sessions, she'll sit and observe and maybe sketch out, um, you, you know, certain movements that really were powerful, and then you kind of talk it over last five minutes of this session and um it's great it, it's uh it's one way i've found healing especially in like um just with the drastic transfer of just picking up and moving to a brand new city and yeah had to deal with a lot of stuff doing that and uh <laughs> you know so it was, it was good to find this alternative kind of method yeah that's really cool i yeah. i often think about having like a this is a little bit more aggressive and violent but i want i need i want a place where people can vent their anger and like actual rage without mm. without hurting themselves or anyone else so i want to have and i don't think this is my original idea but um my friends and i used to play this game called beat the appliance and yeah. uh, we would just find you know a, a TV or a toaster oven or something that someone had discarded and uh, bring it to the safety of the, our friend's backyard and just destroy it. But only as a means of like getting it out of getting that stuff out of ourselves. And um, as young men, we kind of needed that. We didn't, we didn't want to hurt each other or anybody else, but we had this feeling that we needed to get rid of. So I think a lot of men have that. And I think a lot of them are, venting in the wrong ways and women too i mean it's not it's not you know men don't it seems like they might have a monopoly on on shitty behavior but <laughs> these days but uh i think everybody needs a place to vent and it would be cool to just have a space where you go in and safely with you know gloves and eye protection and everything just smash the crap out of some stuff that doesn't feel anything
Yeah, to, to kind of wrap back to your, your initial question uh, regarding how do we kind of, how do you reach the, the, the rest of the, the, the country? Or yeah. the same applies to, you know, Europe and South America or I mean, globally, right? To me, it's really just how do you reach a closed mind? Yeah, like, yeah. Like it doesn't matter where you are, but that's what I want to know. How do you get into a, a somebody, how do you get past the walls that, people are constantly putting up to keep you out of their personal experience, you know? True. I think though it's a, it's a good question. It's, but the person with the walls would initially would want to hear new information, you know? So I think it starts with them. Um, You can have all the information or tools online or groups online or programs, but the other side has to be willing to, listen i guess too right or both yeah. sides have to be willing to listen um not just one side or other it's like i think i mean so that that's a good question you could have all these strategies in place or you're like programs and but then will anybody listen and you know that's yeah. that, that's <laughs> the hard thing yeah it doesn't often feel like people are listening but uh, and that's why I feel like the way in is to find the the universal truth that you can't help but listen to. You know, like if there's something that resonates for all of us, and we can be in agreement about what that is, or not, you know, not specifically, it can be it'll be a different version for everybody. But generally speaking, if we're all trying to do the same thing, which is you know find a find some kind of purpose or contentment in life and be safe and uh, fed and um, have some kind of social interaction with others. Like those, those are all common things that we want. And it doesn't seem like it should be quite so hard to, to all be seeking that and not fight each other along the way, the whole, you know, every step of the way. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a good point. You know, it's just, I it think just seems so dumb to me. It just seems like, Hey, let's all, we all want this. Let's fight over it instead of agreeing on like the best way to collectively achieve it. You know, yeah. let's just fight over it. So only a few of us get it. Well, I mean, that I guess is in due part to current day, you know, late capitalism or any, um, well, I think any social system has kind of failed due to the, the fact that, you know, there's always ended up being the, you know, powerful with the control, um, even in, you know, like communism or social, you know, it's always been still somebody controlling those models. Like on paper, like socialism or communism, communism looks great. Right. It's like, but in practice, obviously, and you look at history, (laughs) awful. Uh, And then late capitalism, uh, now it's like it's one for all, and you know now you have the one percent with all the you know the resources, and you know nobody wants to give up, you know to give for the common man, you know right. <laughs> nobody the, the the rich don't like to to give away just a portion of their their riches to the to the uh, you know I guess serfs right, <laughs> but yeah exactly. Um, but it- but it's like what's strange to me is that you could you could either be that person. I mean, if you were somebody who was just filthy rich, hmm. how how do you how does a person's psychology allow them to have that much money 
and not see, you know, that they they could be doing something with it that's more beneficial. I, I mean, I, I, if they don't, if they're just selfish and don't care, then I understand. Like you keep all of everything for yourself, but I don't see how that would would make you feel like a good person. <laughs> Totally. Uh, <laughs> I think you have a lot of stuff, but I think you probably don't like yourself. Well, I mean, and, that's where I like Bill Gates, you know, he, uh, he gave most of his fortune away, you know, um, very, you know, ph um, philanthropic, uh, I can't say. Philanthropic. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there we go. Yeah. You know, but he, also, I think there's some nefarious stuff. I mean, I, I could be wrong in conspiracy theorizing, but I, I have heard things about the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation being a tool for shaping the education system mm. such that everybody's getting cranked out as programmers, whereas there used to be this like broad educational interest. It's now just, hey, we need more people for the factory. And cool. the future is all about programming. So let's take out all the arts and replace it with math and science. And like, that's this whole common core thing that's going on in schools right now. Oh, totally. Know. Yeah. That's, um, that's, that's Bill Gates, right? I, I don't know if that's, I haven't followed Bill in a while. Um, I, I he, that could be true. I, I don't know. I haven't followed what they do with their, their funds, but yeah, you've heard some things about that, but I but know. I don't want to shoot down what you were saying about, Philanthropists, though. I mean, we could use oh, yeah. an example. But I mean, yeah, there's Buffett. always a reason why they give money away. There, there's. I feel like there's always an agenda. You know, mm -hmm. um, like you said, we need more programmers, and you know, and how do we do that? We just train a population of programmers by funding I them. Need, I think but, we need fewer programmers, personally. No, of course. I, <laughs> I mean, not everybody is a programmer, and. Um, not everyone should be and yeah. that's it's just like with anything else like why why would you funnel it down into this one channel yeah when you know for a fact that it doesn't work for most people like that's what i've been asking about education for the longest time why like why are we being taught only this very narrow specific range of subjects and only up to a certain depth and never room for expansion never room for the students to suggest other other things or hey let's read this book instead or how about a different interpretation of that or, you know like what that's that feels to me like it's by design um, oh yeah no i mean i have my qualms about public education and the where where it's been going um, across the board because of that like of you know you know uh dis dissemination of that certain information that that you know they they're controlling the information and um yeah you, you kind of produce like-minded you know just individuals that you want you you've programmed to think a certain way exactly. um, but I, I think the world needs more artists and expressionists <laughs> and, and critical thinkers um i couldn't agree more and um independence folk who understand see the the all the, all the systems in place um and if you see all the the systems in place you can see where the flaws are too and right. so you need people to think outside the box and really um be able to yeah just express 
as well. Uh, going back to artists. Um, so and I think that yeah. in hearing you say that, it it feels like another inroad to that universal experience. I mean, I'm thinking about art and music and the way that it connect, it makes, it causes people to connect in, in, you know, they feel some sort of resonance with the sound or the image or, or it could be written word or whatever, some sort of creative expression that comes through one person can, can reach many, many, many people and bring them together. So maybe that's another way that we can get past these walls, you know? Yeah, I, I'm in dire, uh, I'm in a belief right now that the world's in dire need of an art movement. Um, yeah. There's no, there hasn't been a great art movement, you know, and like, I can't even remember. Now everybody's an individual entrepreneur, or, you know, social influencer, and right. thinking about brands and all that, it's like, what happened to great art movements like Baja, so you know, or you know, music movements? It's like there's not. I can't pinpoint any good musical m movements. It's, yeah, it's a really good point. I wonder if that's a thing of the past now that everybody has their own platform. Like nobody's Unfortunately, collaborating. I, I, oh, sorry. Uh, sorry to cut you off, but I, I, I would say unfortunately that may be true. But I feel like what we're direly lacking is a, a movement. I mean, look at, I'm just thinking about, you know, thinking back our early punk movement. It was like, you know, CBGBs. It's like people found CBGB because the kids needed a place to play different, you know, and express different types of music comparably to just the stadium rock and roll or, you know, uh, and that's where just a new, totally new sound came out. I mean, look, at what that that venue produced alone you know in the um, artists and, and creatives you know um, yeah and so, just giving that feeling of community which is so badly needed right now yes exactly so we need a next great art artistic movement in music in art in any all t all the arts we need we need to feel human again i guess we're so yeah. digitalized <laughs> Well, what do you think about the idea that because everybody has their own, you know, sort of their own platform or their own ability? I mean, I, the branding thing is a whole separate thing. I, I don't I'm not talking about that. But if you as a creative person, find you know, find a channel to broadcast through um, and more and more and more people are doing that, even if they are sort of isolated or doing it in their own little space. Do you think that there's there is a chance that critical mass would would turn that into a movement? Like we are all creating that, you know, like enough people are just creating and pouring their art and music and stuff out into the world that it's taking over, you know, like we can start to carve out a space for it again, like there used to be in Renaissance times. Mm. I that's a good question. Um, because... Or will we just stay in our own little? individual tracks and and compete the whole time like i feel own. like that, that i feel like that's more realistic <laughs> probably so <laughs> um, what a bummer i feel like to really like for to really get a movement like th those previous art movements is because there's the energy is the people in that environment the physical environment you know and, yeah you know it's it you can't really get that from the screen, 
you know, like communicating yeah. via text and or there, And there aren't any physical places. There are so few places left where you can do it in real life. Yeah. And they're disappearing. And so are all the other places to do it anywhere that isn't on a screen. Hmm. That is and true. it seems like people aren't even looking to engage beyond the screen most of the time. So it, it's almost like you have to find, you have to make it there. I mean, maybe Instagram is the art movement. That's our <laughs> new. It's just that a whole bunch of people are putting their art up, and but also doesn't. I mean, a movement usually requires a leader or leaders, right? Yeah, yeah. If you're in music, maybe it's the Beatles, and if you're in art, maybe it's Andy Warhol, or you know, like there are these different things that where people jumped on and wanted to follow. And I don't know, the only people I see doing that these days, they're following the wrong people. Sure. In my opinion, <laughs> they're following, you know, vapid celebrity. They're not following an actual movement or a cause or a, anything of import. faith i don't i never fully lose faith in humanity because i because i see humans doing profoundly uh just sort of like magical stuff all the time you know people are doing things that are astounding to behold and to know about it so humans are are cool they're gonna do all right but as a species i mean i think we're we're like really adaptable and really smart and resourceful but our psychologies are all bent out of whack. We've we, we've been taught the wrong things, you know. I think mm-hmm. as animals we would do fine, but we're in, we built this construct for ourselves that doesn't make any sense in any sort of natural world. Yeah. You know? So no, like no other. I think about this a lot. Like other animals that have to put up with what humans do. I mean, that's that's all animals. They all have to just sort of like take whatever we dish out. Um, but I think a lot about domestic, domesticated animals like cats and dogs that they just have to deal with it. Like, you know, you're sitting there staring at your phone when you used to be looking at your dog mm. and your dog now has to just adjust to that. It makes yeah. no sense to their work. They're like, what, why are they always looking at that little rectangle that's lit up? Why, what, you know, or what did I do? What do I have to do to get their attention? Why am I being ignored suddenly? And uh, I feel like that's like, that's a normal animal reaction to that. 
And I think that humans forget that they're animals and are having that same normal reaction of like, hey, what about me or what about what about what we used to do? What about the way life used to be? Yeah. How come we let that go so easily? Um, so I think we're like a lot of us, I think we're like collectively in, in mourning for the past, which was about five minutes ago. And yeah. we, forget, we forget that we could go back. We could actually access that again. Uh, it doesn't, it, it's so weird to me. We're just blindly going along with these things we don't like. We don't, they're not working for us. And yet we're fully engaged in them as if that's the only way it can be. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true, man. <laughs> I, um, we're in dire need of disconnecting, you know, and, yeah. uh, reconnecting with the earth and our each other and uh, yeah. actual human touch, you know, and human expression. <laughs> and uh, So yeah. I wonder if that's going to come from within or with, or is, is there going to need to be some external impetus that gets us to wake up? That's that's a good question. Um, it's it's hard to say when um, people get a lot of money just to you know, design and, and build these applications and uh, and there's a lifestyle that they don't want to lose, but then they just um, can't recognize where. I, I don't think they've understand the impl- the large scale implications of where it's gonna lead us in the future as a species and it's not it's not a good it's not a good um projection right but but maybe there's something else Uh, i mean i i like to look to the unknown and the you know the things that we as humans don't have a a finger on like we can't necessarily explain or you know i I look to those sorts of things for um for hope because i think that i think there will be unforeseen changes to our planet and to the species and to just the ways in which we live that are going to continue to change everything about us. Mm. And um, we, a certain percentage of the population, I think is just going to go along with that Mm. and just accept what is, okay, well now we do this. Um, And there's all, there always has to be, uh, some percentage who's who's either fighting against that or or trying to carve out a different path or and I think that's been the role of artists and creative people for since the beginning of time um and creative thinkers too it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to manifest as a physical thing um, True. but uh but I think that creative thought is is uh is a sort of bare commodity these days or it seems to be it seems like not everybody's engaging in it and um uh so there need i don't know it seems like with with a movement or with a revolution or with any kind of change for good there there's like this battle against the forces of evil so to speak but also against just massive complacency yeah Uh, and you have to like go and recruit constantly or do something, I don't know, maybe recruiting is not the way, but just to like continually put it out there again and again, here's the message. Here's what you can do. Here's what's available to us. Mm. Um, and just hope that people pick up on it. And, and, but it's, it's such, it's so hard to compete with, you know, 
endless money or with massive celebrity or the things that people seem to be tuned into right now. Yeah. It's, um, it's like, what if we just like had a day or eat like one day of like unplugging the entire States, like just thinking the States, everybody unplugs, you know, and, and, you know, no internet for one day. (laughs) But it would never happen voluntarily. It's It would have to be a, like a mandated. Yeah. Or just like, yeah, but it, just imagine it's like we awaken from being unplugged, you know, or I mean, being plugged in. We're like, whoa, there's another world out there. You know? yeah. um, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's complex now. It's like, we're all just tuning into screens. So connected that we're not connected to a real world. Um, so it's like, yeah. how do you. I think it would have to start just like community by community. It has to start small, then bit, you know, smaller picture. Then you know, it has to gain traction in the smaller communities, and then grow to a larger scale. But you know, I think it starts with yourself, right, and uh, your family, immediate friends and family, and yeah. then, and then you start kind of maybe putting together like a meetup group or a community, you know. Um, I guess grassroots, maybe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I, I could. But then you come back to that same model, the the same um, the problem with every group when it reaches a certain size is that somebody it, it seems to get corrupted at some point. Like somebody yeah, has to true. take charge and be the leader, or somebody has a different view from the one who's you know claims yeah. to be the leader or whatever. Uh, I almost feel like it has to start small and stay small Mm. but that the small groups need to identify with one another as uh you know different but the same you know yeah like like we're over here doing the same thing we don't need to do you know step on each other's toes we're just hard though because it's always been in human nature to fight other humans and kill you know i mean like we you know we won the war war not war but a battle against some not battle but humanoids and then you had the 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 other species at the time you know it was um i wouldn't say cavemen just rudimentary but all right specific name of the the classification but the humans kind of outlasted that species at the time and then but um the homo 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 sapiens won out, but uh, we've always had clashes with our separate clans. It's always been a divide against separate groups, you know, and that's right. intrinsic. You think, that's, you think it's intrinsic? You think it's inevitable that will always... Yes, I, I think it's just uh, we're hardwired. That's the evolution um, where we came from as man. Um, you don't think there's any way to, to train away from that like that's, that's hard it's that's a i i don't know i it's hard to see a different way without i would you know a utopia where there's no fractions or like warring right. fractions or, or factions and i i don't see that because it's just first of all nowadays war is money so um yeah. the the warmongers uh will continue want to continue to make money off blood but um 
yeah, there's always going to, I feel like there's always going to be divide with different groups. And then it's our kind of nature to be violent. It's ingrained. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it's hard to say, like, I guess in a model, we could say utopia, but there, I don't think there will ever be a perfect utopia. And I think if we recognize that, that's when we can actually do something like and say, oh, wait, there's no perfect solution. We, right. we're, we understand who we are as species. There's never going to be a perfect solution as in a social model, but we can cross. We like we, we can say we can take pick and bits and pieces from, say, capitalism or and also kind of like socialism or, or uh, communism and like cross and, you know, like just put the yeah. pieces together and just like work in different, like why does it have to be one model or the other? Like once again, all or nothing generally never works. Um, it only like, works for the, for those who are on the all side. Yeah, exactly. So it like, doesn't really work. Ultimately, I mean, this is what I keep returning to is like on a spiritual level and you don't have to be, I don't think anybody has to claim to be spiritual. They just are like, you yeah. just, you just are, there's nothing you can't, you could, you could be an atheist and say, I don't believe in God and that's fine, but you still have some sort of spiritual element, whether you believe it or not. I think, mm. um, that's just my view. I think there's something there that goes, I mean, what, where's, where, what is consciousness? Where does it come from? Where does it go when you die? If you yeah. can't explain those things with science, then you got to use, you have to believe there's something else. And um, so I feel like this all or nothing model that obviously never works for the, for the people on the shit end of the stick, but it also, I don't think spiritually works for the, the people who think they're winning. Because I think they're actually losing by by making others suffer. They don't see two sides to the coin, or you're like, it's only them, you know, they're 
their point of view and that's that's dangerous you know so i don't know that's why i I pursue art you know and um yeah with with all my passion um yeah i think that's a good that's a good choice (laughs) because trying to combat that level of denial is just impossible yeah. So I think you do have to find other ways in and maybe for me, it's you know, art and music are the way that th- those are the things that open me up in a way that other, that nothing else does, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, music specifically for me, but I feel like everybody's got that thing for them. The thing that makes them sort of come alive and, and have a more expansive view. Um, but I don't think many people have access to it or, or know that they should have access or could have access to it. Mm. Or, um, and I feel like that's something that we could do better as a society is just sort of give more exposure to more, more people and say, Hey, you're allowed to do that. You can, you know, don't, don't think of yourself as a not, as not a creative person just because you're not, you know, a prodigy artist. Um, give your give people the room to be creative in whatever realm they already exist in yeah yeah it's yeah there's so many so many issues here (laughs) (laughs) i'm good at at listing the issues but not solving them i I can just tell you that's wrong with the world you're not here it's it's not just your responsibility it's all our responsibility and uh i think it starts with you know electing responsible in like progressive kind of thinkers in into these offices that can have the power to implement programs that will help out, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, but that, you know, in there's certain, yeah, the, the trend hasn't been that way recently. <laughs> but, yeah. I've sort of lost faith in politics to, yeah. to in terms of being the, the realm where change will happen. That's I true. Think, I think we should keep fighting there for sure. But I think that the big movement is going to come, somewhere else yeah that and that's i don't know yeah it's just thinking about it right now it's it's hard to see you know <laughs> like it is. Yeah. How, how do you change this populace of con- consumption well uh, i think more and more i'm i mean i i heard recently on from a spiritual type on a podcast about um just this sort of notion that we are all selfish. We are like every individual is, is selfish by design uh, as a survival uh, necessity. You know, we, we must meet our own needs first in order to survive. And so what I see when I look around is a whole bunch of people whose needs haven't been met uh, in one way or another, and usually in lots of ways, and they're pissed off about it. And, and, upset and want you know they want retribution in some cases or they want they want acknowledgement you know they want to be seen and known to have feelings and um so i think that if we can since each of us is selfish by nature if we can use that for good like our, our selfish impulse you know for me these days it's to make creative stuff and it sounds like for you too it's like it's i'm doing it uh, because I need to do it for myself, but it is for the world. It's a, it's for everybody. You know, I'm trying to do it so that other people can connect and and share it with me. So it's a selfish impulse put to good use, I think. Um, 
so I think that if we can each just take that our own individual life and make it good for ourselves and the, you know, I just feel like that's going to have a bigger impact than going around trying to change other people's lives. Oh, exactly. I mean, I mean, if you don't change yourself first, you can't change anybody else. Right. So, um, yeah, like you said, revolution starts with the the internal self (laughs) and changing perspective and, changing um changing your your mindset and starts starts with uh yeah movement would start with uh individuals and self improvement and um an awakening be like i don't want to i don't want to live like this so i'm gonna do my best not to and, and improve yeah uh, and see what i can do to make a difference if it's just small things you know the small things help not the large scale like model changes it's like we can't do that alone you know it it's, right. it takes with the you know the small changes within the community they'll implement well in the long run that will get those big changes done it's through the small individual uh changes first like you said so yeah, yeah it's it's a lot to it but it's like uh it starts with uh self and um i i'm a and once again big believer of you know expression and and not having fear of expression in in art and creating and 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 creating beauty and not being a cog into the corporate machine so it's it starts with that i mean it's i think so and i think we need to let each other know that you know we need to encourage each other and support each other like anybody who's doing that in whatever way they're doing it needs support from others you know yeah yeah we need to tell each other like hey good job keep it up that's awesome we yeah. we want we like what you're doing we want we want you to keep going um cuz otherwise you just feel like you're it's just uphill battle all day every day for the rest of your life you know exactly you want to inspire people to go out and change you know you want yeah. You want people to be like, oh, he, he's pursuing his passion and doing so well. Let me, you know, pursue my passion or, yeah. you know, it's. And a lot of people need permission to do that. You know, They've, yeah. they haven't, they haven't been told that it's okay to want that or to pursue it. And and that's kind of wrapping back to my journey right now. It's like, it was kind of my thesis of this journey. It was, it was like, I got to go. I got to see what's out there. I, I don't have a, like uh you know children or family are holding me down i gotta go i gotta explore um and it's been it's been the most uh it's it's been a journey man it's like i've had some deep insights on humanity by living in new york and struggling a lot and but also succeeding regarding my my photographic work and getting my voice out there that's why i love um, kind of podcast and getting out there and having these conversations, it's, um, uh, it's all led to this kind of beautiful existence, you know, um, a lot of struggles, but then also there's beauty, yin and yang, you know, yin yeah. yang. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's got, I mean, it wouldn't be worthwhile if it just landed in your lap and it was just super easy, you know? Yeah, that's true. Wouldn't that's hold true. the same value. Yeah. It's true, man. <laughs> cool, man. Well, how do you feel? You feel like we uh, 
we covered some good ground yeah yeah definitely um i uh we definitely covered all sorts of topics which was uh, always i love to talk about uh you know humanity it's always a fun topic <laughs> yeah never-ending interest There's something going on no matter what yeah and um i would just uh maybe plug the the show again uh <laughs> Sure, I'll give links to all of your all your stuff and um yeah, what's what's the date? August August 9th uh uh in New York City, Lower East Side, Arlene's Grocery. Um I believe seven o'clock. I'm still putting together the logistics and uh time frame, but August 9th at Arlene's Grocery will be a cool experience of imagery bands and some projection now. So nice. uh, I, I I just like connecting different artists together and um and and having their immersive experience comparatively to kind of like a get just a straightforward gallery show you know so yeah yeah and you're doing that you're doing what we talked about you're providing a space for people to actually convene and engage together at the same time without a screen you know or maybe there's a screen but it's one screen for all instead of each on their own exactly exactly so I mean, I just, uh, it's cool just to get uh, creative minds together and uh, see if we can create new solutions or new projects, you know? <laughs> let's, let's do it. Yeah. Man. <laughs> cool. Well, it's great talking to you, man. It's nice, nice to meet you. Uh, it's, thanks for, um, thanks for coming on and for wanting to come on. And uh, I, I look forward to following more of your work it's cool that you know i'm catching you at sort of the beginning of this new journey i look forward to seeing where you where you're headed thanks man and uh thank you for having me on it's uh it's been a pleasure uh always like to you know i uh just meet new people digitally and um have <laughs> new diverse conversations and i uh, once again that's what um how we can progress um so yeah Thank you, man. And um, we'll definitely keep you posted on updates on uh, new works and new shows and stuff like that. Yeah, please do. Yeah, let's let's keep in touch. Oh, definitely. I mean, I would love to continue our conversation of humanity out, maybe outside the, the, the podcast, but... Anytime, uh, man. Yeah, feel free. I'm ha- I'm always happy to talk. That's, that's no secret to anybody by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool, man. <laughs> All right, Rob. Well, take it easy and uh, good good luck in that show. I wish I could be there for it, but we'll we'll talk before then. Of course, man. And thank you so much. Enjoy. uh, It's still afternoon. Or is it afternoon there? uh... It is entering the afternoon. Cool, man. Enjoy the day. Thank you. You too. Thanks, man. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, everybody. That was my new friend, Rob Lundberg. Um, And you can find him and his photography at his website, which is www.rlundberg.com. That's R, as in Rob, L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G.com. And you can find all his contact info there and um, see his upcoming shows, 
the information for that and some of his work. And you can see his uh, ongoing photo series called Uncontaminated Sound, um, which you can also see on Instagram at uncontaminated underscore sound. And um, they're really great photos. They're very intimate portraits of performers, um, which I think are quite beautiful to look at. And he really is able to capture um, the uh, just these really nice moments in between, uh, which I think is kind of what photography is all about, in my opinion, at least that kind of, you know, discrete photography. Um, so, hmm, what else? Oh, yeah, if you wanted to find me on that same platform, uh, which is owned by the Mega Monster, and I wish they would stop it with these stupid algorithms that don't show anybody anything, or they show everybody something, but not what they want to see. But I'm not going to complain about that. Because, um, you know, it's free and shit. We're all spreading our stuff around to each other there. So I guess we'll just suck it up. Take it as it is. Um, so, yeah, I'm talking about Instagram. And uh, you can find me there at outspoken underscore podcast. And you can also email me using the following address, email at outspokenpodcast.com. I am trying to build a, a community of people who speak to one another um, directly with language. And I would love it if you wrote and said, hey, what's going on? And I'll write back to you and say, oh, you know, nothing. Um, and then you'll write back and be like, well, that's boring. Why why are we having this correspondence? And I'll write back and say, I'm sorry, I've just, you know, I'm preoccupied and my head was in the clouds and, you know, I was distracted. I just didn't answer uh, thoroughly and I'm really, really, really sorry. And please, please keep in touch. And, uh, and then you'll stop writing and then I'll feel bad about myself and about every the world and everything. And then, um, and then I'll have another episode and I'll ask you to write me again. Um, all right. I love you guys. See you next week. Bye.